Time is coming down really quick. It says in the Bible, when they attack Jerusalem and they take Israel, whoever controls Israel and Jerusalem controls the world. That's why Israel is fighting for everything they have. Because they know, it says in the Bible, whoever controls Israel controls the world. Israel controls Israel right now. The Jews control the world. Everybody is trying to destroy the Jews. They want Israel wiped off the country, out of this whole entire planet. And guess who they're going to wipe out after that? All the Christians. Because we all serve the same God. But it's going to be a great day that day. Well, tonight, my son is going to give out the word tonight. I'll tell you something, I also want to say one thing. 21 years old, and I'm very proud of him. It's not because of me. I didn't do nothing. I didn't raise him any different than anybody else. But his heart is sold out to God. He wants to do so much for God. And just through this ministry and seeing what we've done, he knows that God is 100% real and he does pay back. He does not just sit there and do it because of for him. He does it for all of you guys. He does it for the kingdom of heaven. And I'm proud to have him as my son. I have seen people that raise kids in churches and they leave the church when they get 18 years old and they never step foot in the church again. My son wants to be in church all the time. He wants to be part of the church. He wants to be doing ministering. He wants to sit there and preach. He wants to sing. He wants to play drums. He wants to do whatever he has to do to be part of that church. He wants to do something. Because he knows as long as he's busy and he's fulfilling God's work, he's going to get blessed. And he's not in it for the blessings. But he knows for a fact that when he gets blessed, he knows he's on the right track, and that means he can keep going farther and farther. But I'm very thankful that I have a son that does and follows God. And I don't have to worry about him on weekends, him partying or him out there drinking. Because he wants to stay home and study the Word and sit there and drill me to do these plays day after day after day after day. And he goes, Dad, we're not finished yet. Let's go. I said, man. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm 48 years old. I am getting tired. I can't stay up late no more. But he goes, Dad, come on, Dad. Let's do it again. I got a better idea. And I said, if it's anything to do with me closing my eyes and going to sleep, that is a great idea. But he said, no, come on, Dad. But he just pushes and pushes and pushes. And I'm not, I'm not regretting it, though, because when he pushes me, I get stronger. Is my mic even on? It is? Okay, I can't hear, hear myself, so. All right. All right. Two months ago, who of you guys were here? Um, that would have been March. Yes, March. I started, I had the pizza box walking around. I didn't get a chance to continue the series last month, but we're going to continue it tonight with the next step. In the series of Life is Like a Blank. The verse for tonight is Acts 
Let me know when you guys get there. I say this was my first step in this series. This is the first one God ever gave to me back in 2013. And it's probably one of my most favorite. Acts 14, 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. Wow, that's, uh, that's saying a lot right there. So many times, Christians, especially new Christians, they're not taught that being a Christian is not going to be the easiest thing. Because so many times when pe people are preaching, they're saying you need to give your life to Christ because He'll make everything better. You will have so much peace in your life. You'll have more blessings. You'll be able to have authority inside your life. The problem is a lot of pe Christians, when they first get saved, they don't realize this verse. Being a Christian is the hardest walk of life on this earth. It is not going to be easy. Because when you become a Christian, Satan is going to be constantly after you because he, does, he knows the power that you possess. He knows what you have. And he knows how much you can destroy him. Because just the name of our ministry, Born to Raise Hell, 1 John 3, 8, For Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He gave us that power also. Satan knows when you become a Christian, he knows exactly what power you hold. When you become a Christian, you become a hell raiser. Razor, R-A-Z-E. To destroy, to tear down and eliminate everything that Satan has. I like the amplified version of this verse. Acts 14, 22. Strengthening and establishing the hearts of the disciples. We are the disciples. Encouraging them, encouraging you to stand firm in the faith, saying it is through much tribulations and hardships that we will enter the kingdom of heaven. What we endure here on earth, our reward will be the kingdom of God. That is the prize. That is what we keep striving for. But there are prizes still here on earth. God continues to bless us on our road, but the ultimate price, the ultimate thing that we keep striving for is the kingdom of God, the eternal life, and not separation from God. I got a little story to go along with this. Senior prom, after prom, me and the other guy in our ministry who hasn't, uh, wasn't able to make it tonight, David, me and him and two other friends, after prom, they had a miniature um, golf thing set up. We played the first round. We all knew how to play. This is kind of a, this was hog wild. So if any of you guys know from Conway or Russellville what hog wild is, it's made for little kids. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese's. This is where we had senior after prom. So we tried to make the most fun of it as we could. We played the first round. Took us less than probably two minutes for all, of, all four of us to be able to play one round. We was like, well, how could we make this any interesting? Instead of just normal miniature golf, how about we play actual golf in a miniature size? So hit it as hard as you can. And wherever the ball lands, our motto was, play it where it lands. So wherever the ball landed, even if it was two holes over, that's where you had to hit it from. If it landed in the water, that's where you, shot, you hit it from. 
It did not matter. That was, we spent 18 holes, we spent three and a half hours playing miniature golf. But we had pretty good fun. At the end of the 18th hole, if any of you guys have ever played miniature golf, you know it has that little hole, and it has the pipe that runs the ball back to the thing. Well, everyone else put their ball in there. I didn't. I kept my ball. I wanted to keep it as a souvenir. This is my ball. This was the ball I had. I just kept it as a souvenir, something to remember by. I mean, after three and a half hours of being with this ball, me and the ball got kind of close. And plus, it's the best color ever, purple. So, I mean, I just kept it as a souvenir. I put it in my pocket, went through the rest of the night. The next morning, when I pulled it out of my pants pocket, I'm looking at it, and I'm starting, I was just going to put it somewhere. And God gave me this message. Sitting there looking at a golf ball, he said, do you not know that life is like a golf ball? How many of you guys believe that? It's strange the things that God can minister to people with through inanimate objects. Something so small can have such a powerful message behind it. In PGA, professional um, golf, there are a lot of golf, there's a lot of great golfers out there. But every once in a while, you'll get that golfer to get up there. He's looking. He's testing the wind. He knows, he knows where he's going to place it. Swings. The ball's going far. It looks great. All of a sudden, a gust of wind comes across and blows the ball to the left and lands in the middle of the rough. Between all the tall trees, the inner um, twining grass that you can barely even see the ball with, and it looks like there's no way to get the ball out. Sometimes in our life, we land in the rough. We can look, we land somewhere, we're going good, and we get to the rough, and it's hard times start coming our way. And we're looking, it's like, God, where are you at? I've got bills to pay. Do you not see what I have to do, God? God, I have a family member that's about to die because of cancer. You said by your stripes they can be healed. They're still dying. Where are you at, God? Sometimes we don't know where to turn when we land in the rough. I have a good friend at work. He's a Christian, new Christian. And God blessed him a month ago with a brand new car. Nice car. And it was completely from God. He gave all glory to God. He told everyone, it says that was God who blessed me with this car. Two weeks ago, though, he had sales tax to do. He didn't have the money for sales tax. He looked everywhere he could. He tried finding all the options he could, and he could not come up with the money. I kept every day I kept telling him, I was like, God bless you with the car. He's also going to bless you with the money. Time's getting short, though. He's down to one week, and he still has a whole lot of way to go. And money. Halfway into the week, he got half, he got half of the money down. He, found, he got half of the money. God blessed him with it. But he was still down quite a bit of money. 
And he kept looking. It's like, God, I know you're going to provide for me. The day that it was due at work, he's like, he come up to me. He's like, I know my sales tax due today, but I got a peace and a calm that God's going to take care of me. He didn't even worry about it. The whole week he was worrying. And that last day he's like, no, God's got me covered. Two days after it was due, God blessed him with the money and more. God's timing is always right. You might be looking and says, God, do you not see where I'm at? I've got no more time left. The bank said that if I don't pay my house, my house rent, my house payment, they're going to take it. If I don't pay this payment for the car, they're going to repo my car. God, you not see. Time is ticking. I need you. Where are you at? God is always with us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. That was a promise that God met. It, uh, God is with you in the good times. How many of you guys had your friends that when things were going good, they were always right there by your side? When you had the money, when you were ready for a party, they were always there. But when things started going bad, having a party and stuff like that. Cops show up. How many of them stick around with you? When things go wrong, God does not um, move. He does not leave you abandoned. He says, I will stick with you always. Always by your side. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're having to face. It does not matter where you are in your life. I will always be with you. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So when things start going wrong in your life and you have nowhere to turn, you're in that rough and you're looking around and all you see is the darkness of Satan covering. It says bills, payments, family, medical bills. That's the biggest one in America right now, medical bills. People are so far in debt because they can't get out of medical bills. Illness and sickness is straight from the pits of hell. That is something that Satan can use among so many people and say, I'm going to throw them in the rough and let them have this, have to deal with the cancer. God can make anyone debt free. He doesn't want you to stay in the gutter. He doesn't want you to stay as the lowest person on the totem pole. He created you to be someone. And when, he is, when you are in the rough and you cannot turn, you cannot find anyone else, always look up because God is always there. He's looking and says, Does, do not worry. Have a little bit of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The number one thing in the Christianity is faith. You cannot be, be a Christian and have no faith. Because if you are, you have no faith that there is a God. Because you, none of us will see God. None of us have seen God, yet we still believe He exists. Because it is through faith, the things that we have never seen, yet we still hope for it, and we know He's there. It's the same thing when you are having problems in your life. You might not see that there's a way out. You might not see that there's any way, there's any possible way that you can get out of debt. 
No way that you can get your family back together. Says God, uh, we've had so many people come up and says, my wife's filing for divorce. I do not want this. Fight for it. If you want your marriage that much, if you want your family that much, you've got to fight for it. Because you'll be landing in the rough, but if you walk with Christ, He's got you all the way. Because God wants your family to stick together. He did not create a family to be broken apart. He created a family to be always together. This family was almost broken apart. What, 15? 15 years ago? This family was almost no more. But see, God had a vision. God knew the future. He knew it before we ever thought, just like he said. God has everything planned out. And he knew where this family was going to be at in 2016. In the Little Rock Central Arkansas unit, ministering to someone who really needs hope. Because you guys might be in the rough right now. You might not see, it's like, when I get out of here, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can even get a job with my record. God wants the very best thing for you. And He will have everything planned out for you. He will give you a place to live, the clothes that you need, the food that you need. And He will also give you a job. God sees everything that we do, and he see, he, sometimes He'll put us in situations to test our faith. Just like what was with my friend at work. I told him, I was like, keep strong, because God sometimes tests our faith to see how strong and how much we rely on Him. How many of you guys know the story of Job? God and the devil made a bet. On one man. God said, you can use my servant Job. You can do what you want with him. Spare his life. You can do anything you want. Do not kill him and he will not curse me. That's a big wager on one person's life. How many of you guys would be able to stand strong with whatever thing that happened to Job? Satan went to Job's cattle and his livestock and had people steal them. He killed his child, all of his children, all five of his children and all of his servants. Satan also gave, turned his wife and his best, three best friends against him and said, why don't you curse your God and die? Because he's not there for you. Job said, woman, you speak like a foolish child. Do you not see my God is with me? The God get, God giveth, and he shall also take away. Because everything that I have is his. Everything that God gives you is his. It's not yours. Because everything on this earth is God's. He'll give you the money, he'll give you the cars, he'll give you the family, and he'll give you the job. Everything is his. He can take care of you. All six days, things happen to Job. And not once did he curse God. It wasn't until the seventh day when nothing even happened to him that he said, my life is miserable. God, where are you? 
But God knew he wasn't perfect. And he gave him the mercy and the forgiveness that he needed. Because he asked for it. Job asked for it when, he, when God talked to him and says, I was there with you. Always. Why did you not look to me? God is our protector and our provider. Life is like a golf ball. Just like I said in that story, when you're going up and you land in the rough. Do not worry and have faith. Because the person who is playing this ball, it's not Tiger Woods. It's not John Daly. But the person who is playing your life, who is the one who is hitting your life into the direction, is none other than God Almighty. When you land in the rough, He knows exactly where you're going to go. And He's going to see how long you trust Him. When you're sitting there and you can't look and you're like, God, where are you at? I can't see you. I can't even hear your voice anymore. Your presence isn't around me. Where are you at? Sometimes God doesn't say a word. Because while you're, we're too busy whining and complaining, God's working in the background. He's working on your life. He's working on my life. And He's putting the pieces together. But when you're sitting there, God will walk over through the tall grass in between the trees and He'll look over and look at His caddy. Jesus Christ. He doesn't say a word. All He does is He nods. Jesus turns around and in the club bag pulls out the very best driver. God's favorite driver. The one, because Jesus knows this driver will get someone out of their deepest problems. It will rescue the lostest of souls. It will help the person who needs help. And upon that, when he hands it to God, it is painted by the blood of Jesus. It is painted a bright, dark red through the blood of Jesus that he shed on Calvary for me and for you. And inscripted on the side is John 16.33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me, in Him, you will have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. 2,000 years ago, Jesus overcame the world. For we don't have to be in the ground anymore. We don't have to be trodden under Satan's feet. That we can actually have victory. That even in the darkest of times, in the darkest of storms, we can still look around and say, God, I know you're still there. You will never leave me or forsake me. You are still right by my side. The darkest of things, he is your only light. When it is pitch black and you are walking in the dark, if you don't have a light, you probably, and if you don't see anything that's in front of you, you might fall. There might be something put in your way. Don't walk in the dark because the best flashlight is Jesus Christ. He'll light your way 
and He'll point you in the direction that you need to go. But when God picks up that driver, He swings back and hits the ball. The ball goes right over the grass, right under the trees, hits the gust of air, goes in, and goes drops right into the hole. A birdie. The second best thing that you can get in golf. God can get a hole in one in our lives every single day. But if he did that, would we ever know what his real power is? Because it's not unless we go through the trials and the tribulations that it actually shows us. It says, my God is always with me. We have to go through the fire in order to be formed. Just like pottery. You can mold pottery, but unless you put it in a kiln and you put it under fire, it's never going to harden. The one moment you touch it, it's going to fall apart. God has to mold you into the man that He wants you to be. The man that He originally created you to be. That's what He has to mold you. And it is through the trials and tribulations that we go. In the darkest of times, when we keep our faith, and He puts us through those fires, but He still brings us out. If He brings you to something, will He not bring you through it? Meshach, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. There we go. I, I forgot two of them. <laughs> they obeyed God by not bowing before the statue. They obeyed God. God told them, do not bow. But what did they get put to? They got put to a fiery furnace. But just like the mold, that has to harden. They stood strong and said, throw us in the fire, but we will never bow down to the statue of gold. They will only serve their God. And when the king looked into the fire, he didn't see three people walking around. He saw a fourth person, and it says he looked like the Son of God. Jesus was not even born at that time. But he still knew the presence. And he knew what Jesus was going to look like. When you are in the middle of the storm, do not give up. Do not finally give up. It says, God, you have abandoned me. I guess I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to stay in this rut. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose everything I've ever worked hard for. Because this is what God wants for me. No, he does not. He is always with you. Even when you do not know it, He is standing there beside you and He's whispering to you. But sometimes we complain too loud that we can't hear His voice. And I'm not talking directly to you. We do it also. God whispers, but we have to listen for Him. He says, you're almost there. You're almost to the finish line. Don't give up now. Because if you give up now, everything that you've worked hard for along this journey, you're going to lose it. Don't give up now. I'm right there beside you. It's kind of like, in, how many of you guys ever played football? High school football or anything like that? Basketball? Any other kind of sport? Running drills. Always one of the fun. 
Football, we always had to do the 100-yard snake. Run up and down every single yard line. 10 yards, run down the whole entire yard line. 10 more yards, run up. I'm a pretty good-sized boy. That's very hard. Non-stop. But I had good enough teammates that always kept pushing me along. It says, don't give up now. You're almost there. I could have been halfway, but they said, you're almost there. Don't give up now. God is saying the same thing to you. Don't stop where you're at right now because you can almost be there. If you keep pushing forward, I will make sure I have your back and I will keep pushing you forward. He will keep ministering to you and say, I have something for you. We have to go through the fire. We have to go through the tribulations before we can get a reward. Just like Acts 14, 22, I said. It says we have to endure much tribulation. But our prize will be the kingdom of God plus everything else that He blesses us with on this earth. So when your life is like a golf ball and you land in that rough and you can't look anywhere around you, 360 degrees, and you can't see a way out, there's always one way out. And He's always there. God is always there for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through in your life right now. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life outside of these walls back at home. Through Jesus Christ, you have all power over the enemy. Don't let Satan keep you in, a, in the rough. Don't let him keep you from being able to see the light. Because sometimes we will land in the rough, but always remember, God is the one always directing. God knows exactly where to put your life at. He knows exactly where to hit your life, how to direct it. He knows what the wind's going to do. He knows exactly everything that's going to go on in your life. Let Him lead you. So many times, there's a, there's a license plate thing that you see, they have a lot of times on cars. It says, God is my co-pilot. If God is your co-pilot, you need to stop right now and switch seats. Amen. Because if you're the, God is the co-pilot, that means you're the pilot. That means you are bringing God, you're taking God with you. Instead of the other way around, when God is taking you somewhere. God can bring you through the fire as long as you have enough faith in Him to do it. He's not going to let you stay in the fire and burn. Because if He did, He might as well have never sent His Son to die. Because that's how it's going to be in hell. But He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. Because He wanted a relationship with you. And He wanted to be by your side to help you through everything that you're going through. He doesn't want to be the person that's just set up on the table used for special occasions. He wants you to use Him all the time. In the good times, you praise Him. In the hard times, you seek Him. In the sad times, He will be the comforter to get you through the night.
So when Satan puts you in the rough, always remember, God is your way out. James talks about uh, through trials and tribulations, always have joy. Sometimes it's hard to get joy when you're going through a trial and tribulation. It's so hard to joyful and make a joyful noise when you're having that hard time. But always remember, God is always there. 